Do daily chores and responsibilities have you running from one thing to the next without ever feeling a sense of accomplishment? Would you like to have more structure and order in your home, but you aren't even sure where to start? Are you exhausted by the end of the day and there's still dirty dishes in the sink, plus piles of laundry on the sofa and no plans for dinner? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one great way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for your support. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Have you ever noticed that when you encounter news stories or even advertisements in our world, you have to give your kids a disclaimer like, well, kids, I know they're saying that all is hopeless, but here's what we believe. Wouldn't it be nice if you could point them to a news source that would actually encourage them to see how God is working in our world today? Well, it is nice because there is such a news source. It's called World Watch. This is an engaging professional news show produced by Christian journalists, and it's designed specifically for kids. In just 10 minutes a day, you and your kids can stay up to date on the current headlines without the hopelessness and hysteria of most other news sources. My favorite part is that every episode ends with this reminder, whatever the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand. To find out more about World Watch, just go to worldwatch.news slash ginger to access a free episode. Again, that's worldwatch.news slash ginger. Well, hey there, Ginger. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, organizing. I, I just get really excited about it. Uh, plastic <laughs> containers. I know, plastic containers are my favorite thing in my home. I mean, just really, but whether it's organizing a home or a person's day, I just get really excited about systems and processes for improvement. Not to say that I'm great at implementing them, but they sure are fun to talk about and and to get started with. Uh, But let's jump right in with the listener question. This is from Leanne in Australia. Hi, Ginger and Katie. Your podcast is an answer to prayer. It's helped me so much when I've been in times of struggle. Thank you. My question is about wisdom for the running of the day. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and each day feels like a black hole. (laughs) I laugh Mm -hmm. because I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And before I know it, it's dinner time. When I had one little one, we had structure and learning and flow, but now with two littles, I barely shower and there's always a mess. And I feel like I'm overwhelmed and like meals and cleanup takes up most of the day. How do people have 10 children? What am I missing? I'd like to homeschool and have more children if the Lord wills, but my husband looks at me like, um, no. Do you ladies have tips on structuring the day, cleaning, cooking, etc.? Should children this young be helping? Is it simply normal to expect some mess at this age and stage? I don't have family or childcare, so I'm aware I'm a tad burnt out, but I will continue to seek strength in the Lord. Many thanks, Leanne. Ginger. I just want to give Leanne a big hug. I know. 
Because I so clearly remember those days when my kids were really young. I think, uh, though, what she describes as all of a sudden it's a dinner. It didn't feel like that to me. It was like I was watching and the clock wasn't moving. (laughs) I'm ready to take a bubble bath and go to bed. I mean, and just watching (laughs) until my husband would get home from work. It felt like an eternity from like 2 p.m. to Mm. 5 (laughs) p.m. But... um, Well, I know we both have some tips and advice to offer. I would love for you to start us off with some biblical wisdom for Leanne and our other listeners who can identify with this struggle. Yeah, because that's always my goal for our podcast, to offer biblical wisdom and encouragement. But I have to confess that when we decided to answer this question and do an episode on this topic, I thought, how in the world does something as mundane as structuring our day have biblical significance? I want every episode we do to point to the life-giving truths of God's Word, and I can't find one single verse about house cleaning and laundry. Do you mean to tell me that cleanliness is next to godliness isn't a Bible verse? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Actually, the one that bothers me more is this expression— too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good. I hate that so much. Mm-hmm. I think that phrase isn't of any earthly good. But <laughs> it's not. Anyway, Ginger, <laughs> quit getting us off track. <laughs> Katie, you don't need my help to get off track. This is true. So what I was saying is that laundry and house cleaning doesn't seem like a topic with much biblical guidance. But then it hit me. Everything we do is for the glory mm. of God. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 say... Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So my first practical tip for structuring your day is to begin by committing each day to the Lord, which depending on the season of life you're in, might just be a simple prayer before you get out of bed to tend to a crying baby at 3 a.m. Lord, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, give me a heart to serve my family well. Let my service be a blessing to them and bring you glory today. Amen. If all you have time for is a quick prayer in the morning because that's the season of life you're in, that's okay. But plan time to read the word and talk more with Jesus at some point during the day, whether it's while the baby's napping and the older kids are having room time, or maybe late at night after everyone goes to bed, or even sitting on the toilet reading your Bible and praying while your kids are playing in the bathtub. Okay. I'm really glad you said that last part of the sentence because I thought you were seriously encouraging our listeners to take their Bible into the bathroom while they're sitting on the toilet. Okay. You know how I feel about potty things, Ginger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I should have emphasized with the lid down. But it is fun to watch you squirm sometimes, Katie. Seriously, yes. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the point is, whatever it takes, have that time with Jesus planned so that it doesn't get pushed out by the busyness of the day. Mm. I'm a firm believer that when we commit ourselves to reading God's Word and talking with Him through prayer, even when we feel like we're too busy, not only does He renew our hearts and minds, but He also multiplies our time and enables us to accomplish even more than we set out to for His great glory. Katie and I are going to share some practical tips and ideas that have worked for us, but before we do that, let's first talk about why having some structure to our days is beneficial. First, structuring our day enables us to enhance the pleasing environment of our homes. Having a plan of action for cleaning and organizing and meals, 
it just helps us meet the needs of our families. Personally, when I don't adhere to a well-thought-out plan, I find that I lose focus of my priorities and I become frustrated and overwhelmed. I get wrapped up in what I feel like doing at the moment and tend to lose sight of what's really important, which are the things that God has called me to do, such as serving my family and taking care of our home. The problem is that without some sort of plan, our good intentions will remain just that. And while our identity is not found in our accomplishments, it's found in Christ, there is a rewarding sense of accomplishment when we honor God in fulfilling our roles as wives, moms, and homemakers. And please note, this isn't to say that dads and kids shouldn't help around the house. There's a rewarding sense of teamwork and unity when everyone is pitching in as a family. But again, it starts with a plan. And yes, Leanne, the younger you begin setting chores for your children, the better. That way they grow up with uh, chores being a normal part of their lives. Setting that expectation early eliminates the challenge and potential battle of introducing chores to older children who've never been required to help around the house. Your three-year-old and even younger toddlers are old enough to empty the little bathroom trash into the kitchen trash and drop dirty clothes in a hamper. As soon Soon as my kids were able to sit up, I would sing this silly cleanup song and I would take their hands in mine and guide their hands to pick up toys and drop them in a basket. And it wasn't long before they could do it on their own. I could just sing that song and they knew that it was cleanup time. Was it the uh, Barney song? Did you sing the Barney song to you your know, children? It, it, it was one I made. It was, it was clean up, clean up. Everybody, everywhere. You did not make that up. Barney made that up. Barney made that Barney up. Barney made that I've up. I've been taking credit. <laughs> Barney, I'm so sorry. I've Give taken credit Barney for your song. his due. <laughs> <laughs> So, but one little tip about that too is, is teaching little kids to clean up. The key is to only allow two or three toys at a time so that they don't get overwhelmed. Mm. We wonder why so many children struggle with entitlement these days. We can avoid raising entitled children when we teach them to serve rather than always being served. And the younger we start teaching them to be helping members of the family who serve in the home, the better. Now, if I could chime in here, Ginger. When we include our children, especially young children, in the care and maintenance of the home, it is going to be way more work than just doing it yourself. So go ahead and mentally prepare for that. Mm -hmm. This is not a means necessarily of lightening your load, not at first at least, but listen, watching a toddler try to load a dishwasher or sweep the floor is a special kind of torture for an impatient (laughs) perfectionist like me. But please believe me, listeners with young kids, when I say that doing this early on is going to pay huge dividends in the future, both for you and your children. So stick stick to it. Don't give yes, up. Yes, absolutely. Good word. Another benefit to structuring our day is it enables us to avoid idleness. Proverbs 31 is a chapter often referred to when talking about a wife of noble character. Now, granted, there are some who believe it refers more to a personification of wisdom than one particular ideal woman. And Katie's going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But in verse 27, we're told she, talking about a wise woman or wisdom herself, watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Now, what I want us to glean from this verse is that one of the things that keeps us from idleness is taking care of our households. And we need to have some sort of structure in place in order 
to do that. Because without a plan, we tend to aimlessly go from one thing to the next without a lot of rhyme or reason, which Paul explained as a bad habit that can lead to sinful idleness. In 1 Timothy 5.13, he said, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying things they ought not to. Does that describe social media in our current <laughs> yeah. day or what? Seriously, yeah. it does. Mm. According to Proverbs chapter 31, the wife of noble character is not idle. She, quote, works with eager hands and sets about her work vigorously. And I've heard some folks say, well, she had a bunch of maid servants. <laughs> but in a sense, so do we in our modern age. We have dishwashers and washing machines and all sorts of things, uh, lots of conveniences to help us with our daily chores. You know, I never really thought about that, but that's a really good point. Our, our modern technology can allow us to be more efficient in our work. Now, unfortunately, it can also greatly contribute to our idleness. And I shudder to think of how many of my responsibilities I have put off or ignored completely because I was scrolling through my phone. And I know that many people would say that scrolling through their phones is how they relax or rest. But for me, that is rarely, if ever, the case. I don't feel more rested or relaxed. Um, I find that scrolling through my phone mindlessly alienates me from the people in my home, and it makes me more irritable toward them. I become more anxious, not less. So it's important to identify those things in our lives that are contributing to our idleness and either limit or remove them completely. Yep, that's true. Because modern day technology, well, it's just like many things. It can serve as a blessing or a curse. Right. It can help or it can hinder. Overindulgence in most anything can lead to sin and bondage. Mm -hmm. If we're in the habit of spending five hours scrolling on our phones while the washing machine washes five loads of laundry, we're not really utilizing that modern day convenience as a means to use our time wisely. So yes, Katie, we need to evaluate whether or not we're being good stewards of the technology and conveniences we have today. Uh, the next benefit of structuring our day, believe it or not, is that it enables us to have more freedom. When we have a plan, which biblically should balance work and rest, we actually have more free time. Taking the whatever comes my way approach to accomplishing things leads to an I'm never caught up sense of frustration. Without a plan, we find ourselves running from one thing to the next without ever feeling the satisfaction of being on top of things. Freedom comes with establishing a reasonable plan of action for each day. And I don't know about you guys, but free time for me is so much more enjoyable when I don't have other responsibilities looming over my head. That is so true. And I'd like to add here that making time for proper nutrition, exercise, and sleep will make a world of difference in the productivity of the rest of our day. And I understand that in different seasons of life, especially that sleep part could be really hard to come by. But people who say, I don't have time to exercise or I don't have time to make a healthy meal, they don't seem to consider how much more energy and focus they will have if they take the time to do those things regularly. And I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> um, our bodies just don't function well on junk food and no sleep and no exercise. That's true. And I'm with you on everything except the exercise. <laughs> I really need to be better about that. Mm -hmm. Well, I also might need to cut back on some hot dogs. 
Not yeah. exactly the health food of choice these days. Okay, it was never the health food of choice ever. Um, but Ginger, <laughs> I was just thinking about you the other day and laughing to myself, as I do often. I just think about you and laugh. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm because you're providing so your entertainment. You're just so fun. <laughs> but I was thinking about you eating hot dogs for breakfast. And I was like, she's just the funniest. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's basically sausage. <laughs> like you're eating sausage. Who doesn't eat sausage for breakfast? Yeah, there you go. It makes yeah. total sense. Thank you. There. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but one thing I do want to clarify uh, as it relates to having a plan for our days, and I know this is not what you meant, but when you talked about structuring our days and sticking to a plan, you're not talking about ruling out things that the Lord sends our way, like a sick friend or a relative or someone in need. You're not saying that we stick to our structured routine and say no to the needs of the people around us. That's right. We have to leave room for the Holy Spirit and be willing to set aside our own agenda as the Lord leads. It reminds me of Proverbs sixteen nine, which says... In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And I have to confess that it's not always easy for someone like me, who's extremely task-oriented and finds great satisfaction in crossing things off my to-do list. But I found that the times I am willing to set aside my own plans for the day and obey the prompting of God, He always blesses my efforts. Oh, exactly. And Ginger, some of my most rewarding experiences, and I mean those things that make me feel like I am most most aligned with God's plan and purpose for my life. Those are the times when I have dropped everything, including my own plans and responsibilities to help someone in need. And I forget, I wish I could remember where I heard this, but I've never forgotten this sentiment that the interruptions of our day aren't really intrusions on our otherwise perfectly planned life. Those interruptions are often people who God has placed in our lives for us to love and serve for His glory and also for our sanctification. Mm, that is so good. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? <laughs> because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. Another benefit to structuring our day is that it enables us to avoid unnecessary stress. Now, some stress is beneficial because it develops character, produces spiritual growth, and causes us to rely more fully on Christ. But stress that is the result of being unorganized and lazy that's the kind of unnecessary stress I'm talking about. We want to avoid the stress and chaos that result from having little to no structure, partly because this sort of undisciplined life hinders us from accomplishing necessary tasks that minister to the needs of our families. Having said that, I'd also like to add that while stress can result from an undisciplined and unstructured home life, it can also be the result of too much discipline and structure. Mm. If you're a structured person and your family members seem stressed out, consider whether your desire to adhere to a routine is too disciplined. It's another one of those things that can become an idol. In other words, if your need to keep your house clean and follow a schedule takes precedence over your relationship with God, your husband, or your children, 
then you've gone too far the other way. And your need to accomplish goals and adhere to a schedule have become an idol. Mm. While a schedule is helpful for keeping order, freedom comes with flexibility. So don't be a slave to your schedule. I'm really glad you said that because I think we can easily miss out on opportunities to bless others if we're structured to a fault. Um, And on the flip side of that, if we're completely unstructured and don't accomplish what we need to accomplish in a given day, then we feel like we don't have time to serve people in need. So there is a healthy balance there. But I think many of us don't leave much margin in our schedules for the urgent needs of others. Mm, But we should. Also, the woman sets the tone of the family. If she's stressed because of an obsessive need to keep everything clean and organized, then everyone in the home is probably going to be stressed. The ability to let some things slide when necessary brings balance to our routine and peace to our family. Okay, so I was just listening to a podcast with Pam Barnhill. Uh, She has a great homeschooling podcast, and um, we can put a link to it in the show notes. But there was one particular episode where she was talking about keeping the home clean, and I was really convicted by something she said. She said that she has this desire for certain areas of her house to be just kind of immaculate and ready for whoever might walk through the door to not be tripping over shoes and things like that. And I don't know if I'm fully ready to meet her here because I think there's benefit to children picking up after themselves. But she did make the comment, you know, it's my need that I feel it should be cleaned. So if I walk by and I see my child has left their shoes there, sometimes I'll just pick them up. And not pitch a fit about it and not be like, get down here right now and pick up your shoes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what I tend to find myself doing is saying, you know, no, they need to know that this is their mess to clean up. But we live in a home together. And you know what? My stuff's all over this house, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it just it convicted me a little bit that I have this rigidity sometimes when it comes to picking up after my children as if it's a burden. And you know, we share this home together. It's okay If there are moments, I do think they need to learn responsibility and picking up after themselves, but there's a balance there for sure. Right. right. And, you know, I once heard someone share that uh, someone that doesn't like doing laundry, for example, Mm -hmm. um, that's a chore that they don't want to do. And so they started praying. Whoever's laundry they were folding, they would pray for that person and it gave them a better attitude. So maybe the same thing. If this is your need and you feel like maybe I need to pick my child's shoes up, instead of having a bad attitude about doing it, take that time to say a prayer for that child. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay. I forgot who told me that, but it was really good. I love that. And you made me think of one more thing. At our old church in Birmingham, there was a woman who talked about while she was making her bed every day, she would pray, Lord, tell me who you want me to minister to today, to bless today, bring that person to my mind and across my path. And she would say while she was walking through the grocery store, she would see meat on sale and, oh, so-and-so really enjoys this meal that I'm, she's an amazing cook. And she would say, so-and-so really enjoys this type of meat that I make. And so she'd buy it and invite Mm. them over. And I think, how would that change our perspective and our lives if we ask the Lord in these little mundane tasks throughout our day, Lord, bring the people to mind that you want me to go out of my way to bless today. Mm, Goodness, I mean, that's how the body of Christ is meant to operate. And I just love that she would take that routine thing, like making her bed. And that was her moment that she chose to pray that specific prayer. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Yep. But I also think about, okay, so we were talking about, you know, laying some things aside to balance her routines and uh, bring peace to our families. And that makes me think of Proverbs 21, 9. (laughs) 
This is one of the, I think, the funniest verses in the whole Bible. It says, it is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. (laughs) It makes me point and laugh until I consider, wait a minute, I've probably been that quarrelsome wife at various times in my marriage. Uh, Sure, Ronnie has wanted to escape to a corner on the roof a time or two himself. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think man caves are? I think think we've uncovered it. (laughs) Yep, there you go. All right, so let's move into some practical ideas for structuring your day. And y'all, please keep in mind that the ideas that Katie and I are about to share are exactly that, ideas. They are not biblical mandates. Every situation is different. So the key is finding what works best for you. Katie and I are going to share some things that have worked well for us, which may or may not work well for you. The point is that you come up with a plan that meets the needs of your family and your situation. What worked well for me when my kids were little was planning my week ahead of time and writing it on my calendar. There would have been no order zero order to my life without my calendar. I still keep a very detailed calendar, but of course it looks very different now that our kids are grown. But while I was in the throes of parenting littles, I had every appointment, every upcoming event, cleaning day, laundry day, errands, and even meals for the week all scheduled in one spot that I could easily reference at a quick glance. That kept us from missing appointments. Um, It enabled us to know when we were and were not available for invitations as they came up. And it kept us all on track with a plan. Now, we were not slaves to the plan. There were times that I would erase something and move it to a different day. But having our family plan in one spot, it kept us all organized. It kept our schedules in sync, our chores and responsibilities accomplished, and our time balanced. I also had a structured daily plan for my kids in writing because having set times for their activities, such as playpen or room time or chores, freed me up to get things done on my end. And we're going to do another episode on practical ideas for structuring your child's day because that really makes a difference. It makes it a lot easier for mom to structure her day. So stay tuned. Uh, I think we're actually planning to do that one next week, but don't hold me to that. Sometimes things change. (laughs) (laughs) We like to move things around on the spreadsheet. Um, Well, Ginger, I have pretty much everything except for eating on my calendar, or I will absolutely forget it. I never forget to eat, so that's not a problem. Um, (laughs) I even put reminders on my calendar when I need to follow up on a phone call or email, Hmm. and Ginger and Heather still have to remind me. So That's uh, because I have it on my calendar. Well, this is true. But (laughs) my favorite tool for scheduling my own day and my kids' day as well is called a Kanban board. And I'll put a picture in the show notes for our listeners who haven't heard of Kanban, but it's just a bunch of cards. I mean, you can use Post-it notes. I, because I'm a nerd, have laminated pieces of paper and put headings on them. And uh, I mean, even like rounded the corners so they're not sharp. Uh, Um, Of course you have. I mean, it's just, there's no telling how many hours I, I spent doing that. But I write what I want to accomplish for a set period of time. Our Kanban board runs for a week, but some people do it every two weeks or even every month. And I move the cards from my backlog to the done column as I accomplish each task written on them. It's kind of like having a list, but it's great for people who are more visual in nature. Uh, But my husband tells me this all the time. The best system to use is the one you will actually use. You know, you can spend a lot of time and money on any number of organizational systems, but if you're not willing to use them every day, then they're useless. 
you know, yeah. some people do great with just a pen and a pad of paper, but the trick is to really know yourself. If you're like me and you enjoy the system more than the work itself, <laughs> then you have to eventually cut yourself off and say, okay, enough laminating and decorating and trimming the corners of your little cards. <laughs> it's time to actually do something written on the cards. Um, Ginger, I don't know if you've ever seen bullet journals. Have you heard of bullet journals? I haven't. They're little journals that just have dots instead of lines. Mm -hmm. But I mean, some people make the most beautiful artistic hand-drawn calendars and they have habit trackers on them. Mm -hmm. And it looked so fun to me. So I spent weeks creating an entire year's worth of pages for my bullet journal. And I'm not exaggerating. I used that thing for about two days <laughs> because it did not suit my personality. I'm not a pen and paper kind of girl mm -hmm. at all. So, you know, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and consider those when you choose a system for planning and structuring your days. That's right. Everybody's different. So find out what works for you and then do it. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk a little bit about meal planning. There are so many different ways to go about this, but what worked well for my family was this. I had a set day for planning meals for the week, and I made my grocery list at the same time so that I could look in the kitchen and check for ingredients that I already had. Uh, I cooked on Monday nights and Tuesday nights, doubled the recipes, and before we ate, I went ahead and put half of the meal in the fridge. And then we had Monday nights leftovers on Wednesday night and Tuesday nights leftovers on Thursday night. So that was two nights in a row that I didn't have to cook at all. Smart. Friday night was pizza or some other sort of takeout. Saturday night would be something simple like sandwiches or tacos, because on Saturdays, I would typically prepare a soup or a one-dish casserole for our meal on Sundays, because I didn't like to have to cook on Sundays. Now, again, that worked well for our family, but there could be a number of reasons why this sort of system would not work for yours. Maybe you have lots of kids with big appetites, so doubling recipes would just be way too much. Maybe you work outside the home, so cooking several nights a week just isn't doable for you. Maybe you're busy homeschooling an entire tribe, or maybe your kids go to school or, and are involved in sports or activities several nights a week. All of those scenarios play a part in what kind of plan will work best for you. So I encourage you to uh, seek out some friends that you respect, who you have lots in common with um, as far as your family dynamics, and ask what they do. Or Google some ideas for meal planning and choose one that would best suit your situation and your family. I want to offer a quick encouragement to Leanne because one of the comments she made in her email was, how do people with 10 kids do it? And this is really interesting because I have a group of three girlfriends and myself, and we have a Marco Polo little group and we talk about different things. And the topic this week has been, how do you do mealtime with all these activities? And one of those friends has nine children Ooh. and three of them are currently in sports and activities. And so, I mean, you could just imagine the sheer mm -hmm. chaos every weekday and they homeschool. So, I mean, she's just got so many things going on. But Leanne, my encouragement to you is that nobody has it figured out. <laughs> like even right. the mom who has nine kids who's been doing this and has kind of a routine that they've established, we're all still seeking and learning and trying to figure out what works for our family. So please be encouraged. You should not have it all figured out by now. Your kids are, I think she said three in one. I mean, this is going to be an evolving thing mm -hmm. as you go through parenthood. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, this works and this will always work. It's going to change. So just be willing to flex and bend and try something. And if it doesn't work, drop it. Uh, 
Because currently our family is in a season where we do a meal delivery kit for three or four meals per week. And I have loved it for several reasons. One, it's introduced us to actually many different cooking techniques and recipes, but it also takes away the decision fatigue while I'm meal planning. Not to mention the time I spent at the grocery store. I mean, I can't get over how much smoother that has made our lives since we started doing that. And I know they can be expensive, but we have wasted so much less food because I would often buy things and then Mm -hmm. say, I'm just too tired to cook. And that food would go to waste. So, Or you buy things that you don't need. Exactly. Or never, yeah, you buy a, a quick ton tip of here. it. Yeah, exactly. quick tip here. Never go to the grocery store hungry. Oh, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. I'm so guilty of that. Me too. But before we started using a meal kit, we ate out way too often because neither my husband nor I have ever been very good about meal planning. Um, there was a year, you guys, there was a year where we went vegan. I also call that the worst year of my life. I hated it so much. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry if you're vegan, but I just, it was the worst. Um, and We did a ton of cooking then, but I also don't remember doing much school during that season of life. So we spent lots of time cooking and talking about how much we missed meat and cheese. Um, But Ginger, several years ago, I had a fellow homeschooling mom friend who said something that I thought was funny at the time, but I found out, oh no, she's actually being very serious. And in my experience, this is completely accurate. She said, there's housekeeping, cooking, and homeschooling. You can only be good at two of them you know, and just be content being mediocre at the third. So I chose long ago to be mediocre at meal planning and cooking. (laughs) And that has served my family fairly well. Uh, I have my moments of culinary grandeur every now and then, but it's almost always when we're on a break from school. And I've learned to be completely okay with that. You know, educating my children is more of a priority for me at this point in our lives than an inventive and impressive meal plan. Hmm. That's so interesting, Katie, how like-minded we are on spiritual matters, but how polar opposites our personalities can be. I love to plan meals and cook. There have been times when Ronnie and I have been on the road with speaking events for long stretches of time, which means lots of takeout and fast food. And when we got home, I went grocery shopping and cooked a meal before I even unpacked my suitcase. Oh, this is why I love traveling with you, Ginger, is because you know, we're in a booth together and you're like, oh, I whipped up these little sandwiches that we, and I was planning to go, I don't know where and eat garbage food. But Ginger's like, oh no, I made these little sandwiches and I made a pot roast. And I don't know what you got in the booth. I, do, I travel with our crock pot, especially yeah. when I do homeschool conventions. That's I've got that crock pot going in the, in the room. Yeah. Do your thing, Ginger. I'm loving it. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to cleaning and organizing. Again, method has a lot to do with personality. Mm -hmm. So for those of us who are all or nothing kind of people, cleaning the whole house in one or two days is probably going to be the most rewarding. For years, I scheduled one day every other week where I cleaned the whole house from top to bottom. Bathrooms, kitchen, floors, furniture dusting, the whole nine yards. For the week in between, I did what I called spot cleaning, where I just swept the main areas and only cleaned what looked dirty. That worked well up until I broke my back in 2010. And after I broke my back, it would uh, hurt too badly to clean the whole house in one day, which was very sad for me because I love doing it that way. But it wasn't so bad because I just divided it into two. Uh, I cleaned the kitchens and bathroom one day, and then uh, the next day I did the floors and the dusting. If cleaning everything in one or two days seems overwhelming, doing a little every day might work better for you. Maybe plan to do bathrooms one day and include cleaning and organizing the cabinets and drawers. On another day, clean the kitchen and include organizing a cabinet or two or the pantry. 
schedule one day to do all the floors and another day to dust. The, the bottom line is just to come up with a system that would work for you and be the least stressful and overwhelming for your personality. But I encourage you to schedule it on some sort of planner or calendar. One more tip that I do to stay organized. It's always been a given in our home that you put up what you get out. Keeping things put away as you go really doesn't take that much time, and it eliminates the stress and frustration of letting messes pile up. It takes less than five minutes to fold and put away a load of laundry. I know because I've timed it. And one more quick tip about that, when you fold and hang laundry that's hot out of the dryer, clothes aren't as wrinkled. I also like to do a walkthrough before I go to bed at night just to make sure that everything is put away and in order because waking up to dirty dishes in the sink and piles of laundry on the couch would get my morning off to not so happy of a start. I love to wake up to a clean, organized home. We've started to do this thing just recently we call evening sweep. And so mm-hmm. after our family worship time, everybody kind of runs through the house and grabs everything that belongs to them and puts it back where it goes. And that's been actually really helpful to wake yeah. up to not all of our stuff all over the house. Yep, that's good. But ginger cleaning and organizing, as you know, has always been something I enjoy. So I don't find it especially burdensome for the most part. I have my morning chores that I do pretty much every day, almost without exception. I make my bed. I straighten my room. I try to empty the dishwasher and get the kitchen cleaned after breakfast if my husband hasn't done that already. Sometimes he has. Um, And I usually do this while I enjoy my coffee and a podcast or audiobook. But Ginger, I'd love to share something that might be an encouragement to some moms out there who have the same struggle I do. I am not an early morning person at all. I can count on one hand the number of times in the past year I have been awake before the sun, probably even before 7 a.m., to be honest. I have always been a late riser. And for many years, I beat myself up about this. I just carried so much guilt and embarrassment about our homeschool schedule because I guess I just thought that really strong Christians should be able to look more like that Proverbs 31 woman, and I should be able to be both a morning person and a night owl, you know, a domestic goddess and an entrepreneur. And that's the way this woman is described. Mm -hmm. Uh, A woman who laughs at the time to come, but is never idle. A woman whose children and husband can't think of anyone who is better at being a woman than this woman. And... I can say this was just a soul-crushing comparison for someone who is somehow content being a late riser and not necessarily working outside the home for much of her adult life. And I can totally vouch for the late riser thing. I texted Katie this morning, like, are you ready to record? She's like, I'm still in my pajamas. It was 10 (laughs) o'clock. I was still in my pajamas. (laughs) That's okay, though. I'm not in my pajamas now. I am fully (laughs) dressed, but you guys will never see us record. because. Usually we're makeup free. But thankfully, Ginger, I had a pastor when we were living in Kansas. He preached a sermon that completely changed my perspective on this chapter. And I have since discovered a similar article that I'll put a link to in the show notes. But about a decade ago, my pastor preached a sermon on Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, and taught that the woman described here isn't necessarily the feminine ideal per se, Rather, she's meant to be wisdom personified. And his reason for this rationale is that in the first nine chapters of Proverbs, both wisdom and folly are personified as women. So listen to chapter nine, starting in verse one. Wisdom has built her house. 
She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. I don't hear many Christian people calling for women to be mixing their own wine. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, But then we find the woman of folly starting in chapter nine, verse 13. The woman of folly is, sorry, the woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Now, I hope I haven't gotten us too off track, but I do think that many of us as Christian women read Proverbs 31 and either swell with pride when we see ourselves in it, or I think more likely we hang our heads in shame. But to quote the article I'm going to link to in the show notes, more than portraying a to-do list for women, this passage reveals wisdom in action. It paints a picture of what it looks like when wisdom rules our lives. Mm -hmm. This is so relevant for our discussion about structuring our days because structuring our time and resources is really the business of ordering our affections. So regardless of what time I rise, what deliberate steps do I take to seek the Lord throughout my day? Do I follow Lady Wisdom, who encourages me to work diligently with my hands? Or do I follow Lady Folly, who entices me with her hours of idle entertainment and worldly pursuits? Mm, That's such good encouragement, Katie. Proverbs 31 is all about choosing wisdom. And part of that is being wise stewards of our time. So let's utilize whatever plan works with the unique personalities God has given us to take care of the affairs of our households and serve our families well. Now is the part of our show where we share a funny kid quip from one of our listeners. Today's kid quip is courtesy of Kayla in Indiana. She shares a bedtime conversation with Ethan, her three-and-a-half-year-old. Ethan, hey, Mommy, don't you think we should bring a tool with us when we go to heaven? Like some kind of tool when it's time for us to go? Like when Jesus says it's time, we should get a tool? (laughs) Mommy, a tool? Ethan, yes, a tool so the birds don't get us. That way, when we are going there, we can use some kind of tool to whack them and kill them so they don't get us. (laughs) Mommy, Oh, well, we actually don't need a tool because we will be going with Jesus. So remember when there was a big storm and Jesus said, peace, be still, and the waves stopped? They had to stop and obey him because he made the waves. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, He also made the birds. So they have to obey him too. And I promise he will not allow any of the birds to get you. Ethan, extremely relieved. Oh, good. The conversations we have with our kids. I love it. This is hilarious. I don't remember much about my childhood, but I distinctly remember sleeping with my purse so I could have all of my essentials in heaven. Like, I I don't even know. What was it? Like lip gloss, hair barrettes, (laughs) all those eternal necessities. The essentials. Super weird. If you have a kid quip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any funny thing your child or grandchild has said. It can even be something funny you said as a child. Just go to gingerhubber.com slash kidquips. That's Q-U-I-P-S to submit those. 
Ginger, now that our listeners are hopefully good and motivated to structure their days for God's glory, can you please leave them with a final word of encouragement? Whatever our plan for structuring our days, let's work at it with all our hearts as working for the Lord. Let's serve our families well by creating a comfortable, inviting home where energy is restored, dreams are nurtured, and the best of life is lived. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. You can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can also find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a Corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a Corner. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. This is from Leanne in Australia, and I would try the accent, but I would absolutely embarrass myself. I just love the Australian accent. I do too. Hi, Ginger and Katie. I'm just kidding. Um, I wish wished you would do it. You're really good at it, Katie. No, I'm really not. I'm really not. No, I'm laughing because you got her name wrong because you said Kristen. Oh, that's... This is what happens when we try to record too many episodes in one day. I get delirious. Okay, okay.